2: Cool. We just got tired
3: of doing what you to do. That's a break, boy. Yeah.
4: That's a break, little man. Break it down. Right, you know. Nation. What is up? What is happening? We are on to Wild Card Weekend. And, you know, I think there's actually some pretty solid games out here. I mean, this I feel like this is the first time all year that we've had two games on a slate with over 50-point total. So that should be fun with the Lions and Rams at a 51-and-a-half. And you have the Cowboys and Packers game at a 50-and-a-half-point total. The rest of the slate, though, yeah. Because uh, you have the Bills and Steelers game with a 35-and-a-half-point total. That's exciting and then the the bucks and eagles games a 43 and a half point total the chiefs and dolphins is 43 and a half and then you have the texans and browns at a 44 and a half total there on that slate. So uh, today we're going to be focusing mainly on the the Saturday to Monday slates. Uh, they have some pretty good contests there instead of just doing the Saturday only and the Sunday only slates, we'll just go through the you know the entire slate here. Um, I think pricing is fair for the most part this week. I think the right players are priced the right. You know, we still have, you know, like Ceedee Lamb priced at nine k. You could although you could make an argument he should be priced up higher than that. Tyreek at eighty seven. But other than that, I think it's pretty fair pricing. So, Maddie, what are you looking to do this week?
3: I am looking to stack Detroit and the Rams as much as possible. <laughs> it's that, that game, and then Dallas Green Bay. Those are those are the two games I have a ton of focus on um i like houston cleveland i'll I'll have some interest in some pieces there but uh yeah it's detroit and the rams for the for me for the most part um obviously dallas at home and and jordan love has looked really good in the second half of the season so I, i think Green Bay can score some points as well but yeah outside of that i mean buffalo and pittsburgh i mean there's some pieces to like from the buffalo side like james cook's in a good spot but uh, you know, Leonard Fournette started to mix in and, and get some, you know, like goal line carries. So that's a little concerning. And already with Josh Allen in there, um, stealing goal line work. And then you have the, the Chiefs game. That's like a negative 50. <laughs> Not really, but it's I think the actual is like minus 30 wind chills, uh, which is like extremely cold. Like that's like brutally cold. Um, And I don't think the Dolphins have won a game a really long time with like under freezing temps. Uh, so or temps even under forty, I think is what I saw on some somebody posted on Twitter or X. So yeah, that game is is I think the total's been plummeting, and I mean the Chiefs, the Chiefs offense hasn't been great this year, anyways. Um, and I think I think the Dolphins on the road are just in Arrowhead, I, I in that weather. I don't know. I just I'm not expecting a ton from that game, and then the the Monday game. There's just a ton of injuries on on throughout that entire game. That game looks gross as well. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield pretty much limped through the entire game against Carolina and isn't even practicing. And you've got Jalen Hurts, who's got a dislocated finger issue and, you know, isn't even throwing the football right now in practice. And, um, you know, so it really is two games that can go nuclear, I think. And, and with the with the outside chance of, of Cleveland and Houston joining those two games uh, as a third, uh, you know, kind of shootout. And all three of those games are played in a dome. Uh, Houston's in a dome, Dallas is in a dome, and the Lions are in a dome. So, uh, I like, I, I just really like those games. And it's not just because they're indoors, I just think that those games, you know, stack up the best from, uh, you know, what teams are trying to do on offense versus what defenses allow. Uh, so yeah, I, re- I really like Stafford this week. I, he's probably my favorite quarterback at 6,500 uh, on the Saturday to Monday slate. Um, his stack is pr- is pretty straightforward as well. You know, Demarcus Robinson is really really cheap. You can pick one of Puka or Cup, um, and and it's those three guys. Like Higby, sometimes gets involved, and then obviously Kyron has pass game usage as well. But this is a really really tough spot for Kyron, and I know they'll they'll use Kyron regardless of matchup. But really, the the path of least resistance is through the air to the receivers. So um, you know, St- Stafford to Robinson, and then one of cup or puka is probably what what my main stack would be um or will be and then on the other side you just play Amin Ra, um on the other side of that so it's, it's a really easy game to stack up it's probably gonna be popular but that's okay um you know because when that game goes for 65 points i don't think it really matters um you know we stacked up you know detroit and minnesota was really chalky last week and those teams started going back and forth with long touchdowns and you know big plays to justin jefferson and you know, it was, you know, it's just that the Lions are, have just such a bad pass defense, and, and Stafford has has shredded everybody this year from a yardage standpoint. At the beginning of the year, he just wasn't getting touchdowns, as now, and now he's getting them, um, and this should be another spot where he continues to get those. So, yeah, I just really like Stafford, um, and if I wasn't playing Stafford, I'd probably play Dak, but Dak being 7,600 and Stafford at 65 with the 11, 1,100 price difference, um, I just d- side I to Stafford, but Dak would be my uh, my second choice. I, I think the Cowboys are going to score a lot of points. Green Bay's defense has been kind of shoddy over the last you know month and a half, and and we know Dak at home uh is is a is a beast. So and we keep seeing you know and I, I know we'll probably talk about Tony Pollard and we keep keep getting Tony Pollard in good rushing matchups and he can he continues to just get you know sixty yards and a touchdown, um and doesn't really like nuke. So I mean I guess the nuke the nuke could come. Where he scores, you know, two or three touchdowns and, and takes all the DAC points, especially with Green Bay being a susceptible run D. But I don't know. We I feel like we've talked about Tony Pollard in that same scenario over and over and over again. It just doesn't happen. It just keeps going to, to Dak and Lamb and Cooks and Ferguson. Um and and you know, even Tolbert's getting involved. So um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at for the weekend. And and again, I think Houston and, and Cleveland, you can make an argument for playing uh, one of Stroud or Flacco as well. Um, you know, Flacco has been really good and Houston's past D has not been so, uh, and, and Flacco's is similar to Stafford, right? The stack is easy. It's a, it's a Mari and it's in and you move on. So it's, um, I don't hate it. Um, but it's definitely, I definitely think that game is number three on my list compared to the other two.
4: Yeah. So I think, you know, you talked about the the Rams and Lions game, and for good reason, right? Both of these pass defenses are really bad. The Lions have allowed 289 passing yards per game, which is the most by any uh, most of any team, as well as the seventh most passing touchdowns and the highest yards per attempt over their last six games. They've also allowed the third most PPR points position on the season. Now, you also have their Jared Goff, which, uh, you know, uh, on the other side where the Rams have just 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 as bad. They've allowed the second most passing yards and the tied for the most passing touchdowns allowed at 13 And the Rams have also allowed the seventh most DK points to position. So uh, this is a game that uh, both these teams should be able to throw all over each other. Like you said, I I think there's good reason that this total is as high as it is. And I I think you can go either side. If you want to go Stafford, you could also go Jared Goff. You know, I think you can do that as well. I think target uh, share should be a little bit more consolidated because it doesn't sound like Sam Laporta is going to play because the Lions were stupid and decided to play all their starters last week. And now Sam Laporta is hurt. So if he's out, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown could see a massive target share. Obviously, there's all kinds of narratives with this game, with obviously Jared Goff and the, you know and, and Matthew Stafford coming home back, back to Detroit to play in. Obviously, Josh Reynolds as well, I guess, is involved in that. Jameson Williams, I think, should be okay to play in that game. So I do think there's a lot of different pieces here. If, St- if Stafford's gonna be he chalky, he just go to the other side and play Jared Goff. The only concern you ever have with with that is that the fact that they tend to lean on their run game, especially once they get inside the goal line, where they, you know they'll be more apt to uh, you know let David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs score. Uh, so maybe you can look at maybe getting you know their, your Jared Goff exposure through, or not Jared Goff, but the exposure to this uh, you know the high scoring of this game through you know, a, a guy like Jameer Gibbs who has been phenomenal this year, is also involved in the passing game and also has opportunities down inside the goal line. But I do think both both sides of of these are are right there in play. Stafford over his last four games averaging 300 passing yards, two touchdowns per game. So I think both of these guys are definitely in play. It's going to be hard to get away from that game as as well as good as it looks. Um, I completely agree too with Dak Prescott call. Actually, the uh, the Packers have been uh, almost as bad uh, their last six games as well, Mm -hmm. uh, allowing 265 passing yards per game and 11 touchdowns over their last six games. So I, I definitely think you can look there, or excuse me, over their last four games, excuse me. Um, but I, I definitely think the Packers as well is another team that's really started to struggle against the past, something you kind of talked about. So we know you have the, the Packers, the, the Cowboys have no problem throwing all over uh, teams. Uh, yeah. It's what they've done all year. So Dak, uh, you know, people aren't going to want to pay up for Dak and the CD Lamb stack. I think that is a spot you can go to for sure. Dak at 7,600 and CeeDee Lamb at 9K. It's obviously an expensive stack because you can cheapen it out some by fitting in one of the secondary pass catchers for the Cowboys. Um, I think as far as like wanting to get different or contrarian at quarterback, I mean, <clears throat> Joe Flacco is only $6,100 and he has been phenomenal. Uh, it just a career resurgence for Joe Flacco. It's been it's been wild, uh, to say the least, to see uh, what he's been able to do. He's averaging 340 passing yards per game, which is wild. Um, by far the most of any quarterback. Second and his only, Matt Stafford, right behind him. Only 40 yards per game lower. But he's also, his 8.51 yard per attempt is also uh, top seven in the league as well. He's thrown 11 passing touchdowns over that same span, which is most of any quarterback. So, I mean... He's just been balling. Now, he has had trouble at the time with turnovers. He does have seven interceptions over that time. He tends to uh, turn the ball over a little bit. But uh, Flacco, I mean, and it's a pretty good matchup, uh, uh, or it's a decent matchup anyways, against the Houston Texans defense. Uh, They can be had uh, through the air as well. This is also a game we saw a couple weeks ago. These two teams play each other. Obviously, C.J. Stroud did not play in that game. That should be mentioned. Uh, So that was a little bit different, but they just lit them up. That was the game that Amari Cooper went absolutely nuclear uh, for what was it, the 250, 260 receiving yards and a couple touchdowns. So, uh, you know, I, I think you could look, you, you definitely could look there uh, as well as another option like you already mentioned. You already talked about Jordan Love. Jordan Love has actually played much better recently, um, uh, or not recently, pretty much this year. I mean, he's he's been able to get there through uh, passing touchdowns. He has two or more passing touchdowns in four, in four straight games. And he's done it even even further back than that. He's also done it six of his last eight games – or six of his last seven games, excuse me. Uh, he doesn't necessarily hit the 300-yard bonus a ton. He's done it a few times this year. But Jordan Love, in a game, if they're going to have to play keep up, you could definitely look there at $6,300. I don't think he's going to carry much ownership. But, you know, you talk about Patrick Mahomes. and normally, you know, I'm probably going to play as a Patrick Mahomes. Just, but you know, don't listen to me on that. But you're right. It's going to be really cold. I mean – just being here, that's kind of everybody's been talking about. Um, it's it's supposed to be like zero degrees at kickoff with a negative 10 to 15 degree wind chill uh during that game. Now, the the wind isn't gonna be anything crazy. It's like 10 to 15 miles an hour, but when you're talking about negative 20 degree wind chills, uh it's definitely going to matter uh, uh quite a bit there with that game. And these two teams have already played each other once this year. They played over in Germany. It was like a 21-17 game, I believe. Uh the Chiefs got out early and then uh, didn't really do anything in the second half, but the problems I could see here where the Chiefs could be a ball, you know, a viable option is the, the Dolphins are missing a ton of their pass rushers. They lost Bradley Chubb. They had to sign Justin Houston off the street because they just don't really have anybody else that can pressure the quarterback, and if you can't get to Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be a problem. You're going to allow him to pick your defense apart. And they're also you know, up to see with, like, Xavier Howard. I mean, if they're just out there with Jalen Ramsey, I mean, this could be a problem for this defense. I mean, if you look last week, I know the score didn't really indicate it for the the Bills, but, I mean, the Bills turned the ball over three times inside the red zone. I mean, if that doesn't happen, they absolutely slaughtered the Dolphins last week in that game, uh, you know, on that Sunday night game they played in. So that defense is extremely banged up. The Chiefs' defense isn't really – they're pretty much healthy for the most part. They're going to have their entire secondary. Everybody's pretty much healthy. Uh, here with this team they pretty much were able to sit all their starters so I mean it wouldn't shock me if Patrick Mahomes went out and had a really big game I mean this is a team that obviously plays they've played really well actually in the cold Uh, it's not really the cold really bothers them all that much so I mean I think you could look there at Patrick Mahomes I mean nobody's gonna play him Uh, it is risky at $7,100 but you know you could pair him with a Rishi Rice who's $6,600 but I also think you could just get your exposure to Patrick Mahomes uh, through, you know, just play, by playing Rishi Rice. But I also think, we'll talk about it when we get over to running back, Isaiah Pacheco is an elite play, too. I, I think he's a very good play with with the guys they have out. But other than that, I think I agree. I'm pretty much going to stick to the, you know, the this Rams game, and as as well as probably have some Dak Prescott and then I may I sprinkle in some Flacco or some CJ Shroud or some or some Patrick Mahomes, mainly Patrick Mahomes here as as but I but if I'm you know if I'm only building you know three or four lineups, I'm probably not getting to Patrick Mahomes. I don't think you necessarily need to. The total kind of points to that as well. It opened up much higher up opened up at 47 and a half, and it's dropped down to 43 and a half points here. Um so I just don't think you really have to play that game. I think you can get pieces of it, but I don't think it's something you, you want to go on a fully game stack. So is there any other quarterback you want to talk about or jump over to running back? Yeah, we can jump. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so let's go over to running back. You have a really cheap Kyron Williams, somebody who sees I mean, really both of these guys up top, Kyron Williams and Rashad White are both players that see 75% or more of their opportunities for this back, their backfield their backfields. The problem is it's just not at least on the Rashad White side, or excuse me, on the Kyron Williams side, it's not a very good matchup. The Lions have still been very good against the run. Uh, over their last six games, they've only they, live up, they have allowed the third fewest rushing yards. They have ha- had a little bit of trouble with touchdowns. They've allowed four rushing touchdowns. But um, other than that, they have one of the highest stuff rates in the league. Uh, actually, it's the second highest right behind the Houston Texans. That's how you beat, uh, you know, the, you are, the Houston Texans have actually been really good against the run as well as. Uh, the Detroit Lions, like I said, 55.5 uh, percent stuff rate, um, as well as one of the lowest yards before contact per attempt. So they do a very good job of stopping the run. And so that's why I'm not all that excited to play Kyron Williams. I know the volume's gonna be there, and maybe he can get there through touchdowns or playing uh, 70, 73 and a half, for him. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. But other than that, you, you have you know, and Mostert should be back, Cook. Jameer Gibbs, who's only sixty five hundred dollars, Pacheco, Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, Tony Pollard, uh, DeAndre Swift are kind of the six k and above range guys this week. But what are you looking to do at running back?
3: Yeah, running back's kind of gross for me. I like Rashad White as as my pay up if I'm paying up. I mean, we you know we brought up Saquon last week and Saquon smashed uh, Philly, uh, scored a couple touchdowns and had a couple long you know receptions. You know, and Rashad White is just you know, cut from the same cloth in terms of usage. You know, he's going to get a ton of carries. He's going to have heavy pass game usage. Uh, and the Philly defense has just been miserable this entire season. And I just think Rashad White is, is you know, going to get a ton of work here, especially with Baker banged up. You know, I'm expecting Philly to try to lean on the run a little more on the other side as well. So I don't think Philly's going to, you know, get out to any quick lead. Probably going to be kind of a more grinded out game. So White would definitely be my preference if paying up. Um, outside of that, we can't ignore the the ceiling that James Cook has shown. And I know that, you know, the Leonard Fournette thing, but I mean Latavius Murray has kind of played that role as well this year um and and didn't really steal the ceiling from James Cook ever since they changed offensive coordinators um, you know, midway through the year. You know, he had a career game against Dallas in week 15 in the game they won by 21 points. Um, you know, scored 25 in a in a lower scoring game with Kansas City, you know, scored 19 in a 30 to two. Thirty-two to six win against the Jets in Week Eleven. So even if we project, you know, a, low, a bit of a lower scoring game or a game that Buffalo does control a little bit, um, you know, James Cook has explosiveness and and can can house one uh, or two long long plays. Um, and, and Pittsburgh will be without uh, TJ Watt as well, so that's you know kind of a big deal for them. Um, you know, their their splits with and without him are pretty crazy. So I I think James Cook is very interesting from a ceiling perspective. I like Pacheco as well. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the Dolphins being without key defensive linemen um, and and mentioned, you know, that the, that's an issue with the pass rush. Well, it's also an issue with stopping the run uh, in a game where, you know, these guys are going to have to be tackling uh, in minus 20 degree wind chills, which I can't say that I would ever want to do. So it, it could just get to a point, you know, where Kansas City just wants to run the ball, um, especially if they're having success. You know, they've, they've shown the tendency to lean on Pacheco when he's crushing. He had 18 carries last game and, and seven targets. So. 25 opportunities there uh, for him when he was smashing last game. So they definitely won't shy away from him if it's working. So um, 6,400 for, for him. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, again, Pollard, he's he's in play because it's a short slate. It's a good matchup, has touchdown equity, should be one of the higher scoring teams uh, in the Cowboys uh, this weekend. So Pollard is absolutely in play. Swift is in play as well. And I know I'm, I'm pretty much going through every running back here, but there there's just a lot of just like, average plays and not anybody that's like you know that i think nukes and so you know you kind of mix and match these these lower own guys that are that are you know projecting for more average you know production here and and swift is another one of those guys um he had 130 yards against this tampa bay team when they played earlier this year uh at the beginning of the year and i'm expecting philly to lean on the run uh a ton this week and which could actually end up being a good thing for their offense um if they just can, if they just run the ball way more than they have been um, cuz they have not been able to move the ball through the air uh whether that's a hurts issue or a scheme issue um i think it's kind of both at the moment and and obviously hurts has now has the finger issue so i think uh, so you could see swift get a bump in volume here and and could even see some some more red zone usage uh if they maybe don't want to you know push jalen hurts to the you know do the tush push with with him having injuries and, but they're going to be playing to win. So I, I'm sure Hurts will call his own number there if they get down to the one yard line. um Outside of that, I'm I'm sure that the after last week's performance, Najee Harris is going to get a ton of steam, and you know Jalen Warren as well because the two cheapest starting running backs on the slate, and Jalen Warren, you know, probably projects better than Najee does from a, a game flow standpoint as the the Steelers should be trailing. But I mean, even if you look at game game logs with Jalen Warren, like in games that the Steelers have been blown out, like Warren doesn't smash. So it's like I, I don't know. I just kind of want to stay away from the the Steelers running backs because I, I feel like they're going to be more popular than they should be just because they're cheap. And I I know Najee Harris is going to be popular. You know, I've already seen a, a lot of content around him uh, for this week, so. Outside of that, I mean, I know, I, again, I know I, you know, went through about five or five or so running backs, but I mean, those are pretty much the guys, you know, that I have interest in, I, I mean, Singletary's an, another one, and, you know, again, touching on pretty much every running back here, but uh, just another middle of the road guy that's going to get a lot of opportunity uh, should see three to five targets and carry the ball, you know, 16 to 18 times uh, against Cleveland. So yeah, that's where I stand. Uh, one, just uh
4: shout out to, uh, Perry here. Uh, so this is a guy that in our uh, our season long stuff that is basically his league. His commissioner basically colluded with uh, another guy. That guy who was in last place, and uh, it was a really, really lopsided, really bad trade. And nobody seemed to have a problem with it, even though it was clear collusion. Anyways, he ended up taking down the league. So uh, we were let's kind go. of all – he was America's team. We were rooting for him to uh, <laughs> let's go to take it down. He ended up taking up winning the whole thing and beat the guy who made the trade for the karma. Know, that's yeah. karma. So, just wanted to shout him out. We were something we were following him for like the last month and a half of the season. That's uh, awesome. Every week he was coming in and giving us updates. So, happy to hear you won the championship there. So, um, I think for me, when it comes to running backs this week, I, I think Aaron Jones is a, an elite play. He looks like he's back to his old self. He's rushed for 100 yards or more in three straight games. And the, the this is actually a game where I think when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they have really been bad against the run. I mean, they, they and I think the biggest problem here is it's been kind of a fraud because of some of the numbers you would look at and look like they're actually good against the run. And I don't think that was the problem. I think the problem is they had so many positive game scripts. The team just couldn't really establish the run against them and do anything there. Um, but the the Cowboys, over their last four games, they've allowed 147 rushing yards per game, which is the fourth most in the league. They've also allowed a touchdown per game as well. Their stuff rate is one of the lowest in the in the league at, at uh, 37%, which is 31st. Only the they're just below uh, or just ahead of the Arizona Cardinals there. So uh, this is a defense that can definitely be had on the ground. A.J. Dillon sounds like he's not going to play. And so Aaron Jones obviously can be involved in the passing game. He saw five targets last week against Chicago uh, there. But he's seeing, I mean, really strong usage numbers. 21 carries, 20 carries, and 22 carries each of his last three games. Like I said, he is somebody that can be utilized in the passing game as well. He scored 17, 17 and 22 DK points and that's without scoring a touchdown. I think if he could find the end zone, then I, you know, he, he could really pay off at $6,300 price tag. So, and I don't think a lot of people are going to play him because they, they view Dallas Cowboys as scary defense on against the run. And they just haven't been, they've been kind of a fraud in that department. So I think Aaron Jones is a very sneaky play and one that I think I'll have quite a bit of, if you're wanting to, I think as far as paying down is concerned, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, on the lower spectrum compared to some of these other guys. But, you know, I think also Isaiah Pacheco is another player who I think is in a really good spot, like you already talked about. But uh, with games without McKinnon, he's, he's handling 77% of the total opportunities, and he's seeing over five targets per game. And so, uh, you know, we know McKinnon's he's also still on IR. Actually, they, they said he's probably done for the rest of the year because uh, he had to have core muscle surgery. And so he's not going to be back. And I would expect for him to see as many touches he can handle seeing probably 75, 80% of the touches from this backfield. So Isaiah Pacheco is an excellent play, a $6,400. He's going to be involved in the passing game as well, probably sees five or six targets. So really like Isaiah Pacheco here. Uh, in terms of the, you know, the pair up, the, the more of the pay up options, I think Devon Achan is always in play. He's kind of been back to being a little bit more explosive recently, uh, seeing him back here. And, you know, he's not, he's kind of, uh, it seems like he's got over the injuries he was suffering uh, you know, game against the Bills. So even if they fall behind, I think he's still going to be utilized. But sixty eight hundred dollars, I I am not going to play Kyron Williams, and I'm not going to play Rashad White uh, either. I know that Philadelphia hasn't been very good against the run. I know they've actually really struggled against the run. They have been right there, just below the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, at one hundred forty one point three uh, yards per game, and they're four touchdowns allowed, a touchdown per game, and then the stuff rate is right there. I mean, they're they're very similar in almost every single category. Uh, as as how bad they both bet against the run, but Rashad White, I, I think if he's going to beat me, he's going to have to see a ton of targets, which is definitely possible. I mean, he's obviously been probably one of the more safer options this year. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much you know upper double digit uh, scoring every single week for him. But I just also don't think he really has much of a ceiling. He's 6,900. He the second most expensive running back on the slate. And I think there's running backs that can that can produce a little bit more than him. I don't mind Rashad White. I guess he's not – You know, I don't want to say he's a terrible play. He's definitely a much better play than Kyron Williams. I already talked about Kyron Williams. It's not a good matchup against Detroit. But Rashad White is in a better spot. But I, I don't know. Like, it's crazy that he is second in the league in, in, in total carries this year. But he has less than a he – didn't, he didn't even get 1,000 rushing yards. It's absolutely wild to me. That he had, I think it was like 260 carries and didn't even crack a, a thousand yards this year rushing. That's how inefficient he's been as a runner. It's, he's gotten there through the air with 500 passing yards or 500 passing yards, 500 receiving yards uh, for him. But already talked about also Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is always in play. Uh, he may not see a ton of carries, but he's basically a guy's got to get 12 to 14 carries. But he also has a you know five, six, seven target ceiling as well uh, if he can get there. Also finding the end zone. So. He has scored a touchdown. Uh, you know he's been on a heater there as well. So Jameer Gibbs at sixty five hundred dollars, I think you could look there as well. But as far as the cheaper options, I'm not in love with. I really don't like DeAndre Swift because he pretty much get cucked every single week by by Jalen Hurts. They get down inside the goal line. It's like, well, bring on Jalen. Uh, you know he's he's going to rush it in. So uh, DeAndre Swift and the Bucks have actually been pretty good the last um, the last four games. They've allowed. Only seventy five point three rushing yards per game. It's the second lowest rate in the league, just behind the Houston Texans. So, uh, and speaking of the Houston Texans, I will not be playing any of the Cleveland Brown, Cleveland Brown running backs. I know Jerome Ford is fifty five hundred dollars. Uh, he is on the cheaper side, but I just don't think you need to go there. I know you, and you also talked about the Pittsburgh side. Najee Harris is actually somebody that I've been on the last couple of weeks. i played quite a bit of Najee Harris the last two weeks. With, I mean, he's, and he's played pretty well, uh, 27 and 27 DK points, respectively, each of the last two games. But I don't know if you necessarily need to get there. And this feels much more like a game they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than they are going to be able to run the ball and control the clock because, uh, you know, this game on the road for them against Buffalo, I just don't really love that game. Now, I will say that is another cold-weather game. Uh, it's going to be, but this will be in the 20s with, uh, you know, 15-mile-an-hour winds with Gus up to 30. Uh, but it's not nearly going to be a nearly as cold as a Kansas City game. But as far, and there, there's really no other, like, cheap running backs that I want to play. I think for me, I'm going to be pretty consolidated here. I'm going to play Aaron Jones. I'm going to play Isaiah Pacheco. And I'll spray some Jameer Gibbs, and Devon A. Chan, maybe some Rashad White. I think that's where I'm going to come in. I don't think it really needs to get much cuter than that because uh, there's not anybody else that really intrigues me. Um. I guess to, I guess also I can say the same thing about David Montgomery just because he could find the end zone a couple times. That's really how he's gotten there. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump over to wide receivers. I think this is really where uh, you know there's a lot of different options here. I think uh, you have CD Lamb at nine K, Tyreek at eighty seven hundred, and then AJ Brown, who sounds like he uh, he has a shot at playing this week. I know he left with an injury, um, but he has not practiced yet this week. If he doesn't play, that's going to be a big blow to that offense, obviously. But Amon Rae Brown, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs. Puka Nakua, uh, Nico Collins, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Devonta Smith, Rishi Rice, Jalen Waddle, who sounds like he should be good to go. Chris Godwin are all the 6K and above wide receiver. So what are you looking to do at wide receiver?
3: Yeah, I'm not getting cute at wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver is going to be pretty straightforward for me uh, this week. It, I'm playing one of Lamb or Aminra. I don't know that you can fit both. If you can, you know, Godspeed on the, on the value plays that you're playing, but um, definitely would fit one of them in. They're the they're the top two play, overall plays on the slate, um, in my opinion. And then you've got uh, we already talked about the Rams uh, and how good of a spot they're in um, on the other side of that Detroit game. Uh, one of Copper or Puka is who I would pair uh, with Lamb or Aminra. because they're a little bit cheaper. Um, so those are going to be my four priorities up top. Uh, As you can't play all these guys. Um, and if if you were stacking Cleveland Houston, you obviously have to play Amari. Uh, he's definitely a good play against the Houston defense that he shredded already for uh, 265 yards the last time these two teams played, and he scored 54 DK points. I'm not expecting that to happen again, um, but he can still absolutely have a ceiling game here. Outside of that, I mean, moving down the list, uh, kind of gets kind of bare pretty quickly, and I kind of just want to get down to the values. And it's like Demarcus Robinson is is I think by far the best value on the slate. I think he's a lock personally. Um, 3,600 against this Detroit team. Ignore the zero targets in week 18. Uh, that was uh, a game with the backups that, you know, none of the starters really played except Puka got got his rookie records. Um, so you go back to week 17, he had 10 targets. Week 16, he had six targets. Week 14, he had 10 targets. Double-digit points in uh, five straight games, uh, 3,600 against Detroit. Uh, he just has a locked-in wide receiver three role that we've seen over the last couple seasons that, receivers have been able to hold uh value with for the Rams. So um, I just think he's a lock. I think 3,600 is way too cheap and, and I would not make a team without him because uh, barring injury, he should be in the optimal lineup. And if, uh, if Jamison Williams were to sit out again, which is he, has he been practicing? Let's see. Where is he? Does he even have a Q tag? I mean, he's
4: practicing full.
3: Okay. Yeah. He's, he's in full. He doesn't even have a Q tag. Okay. Cause he missed week 18 with an injury. So, I mean, he, he himself is interesting uh, 3,500 on the other side of that game. He's going to get a couple, couple targets is uh, obviously has game breaking speed. Um, I was going to say, if he was out, you would want to play, you know, one of a Josh Reynolds or a Khalif Raymond, but um it looks like he's going to play. So he's another good value. And I mean, all these, you know, both of those guys have similar outlooks to the guys that are in the, you know, the 5K, 5,500 range. I mean, like Brandon Cooks, like he can get you 15 on a good game, but so can Demarcus Robinson and uh, Jamison Williams for, you know, 2K less. So I'm pretty much going to live in the the top tier of receivers and then mixing in, you know, these, these value guys as well.
4: Yeah, so I, I think, so one, the debate between the high price wide receivers of CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill, I'm not playing Tyree Kill. The Chiefs have just been phenomenal uh, against number 1 wide receivers. I mean, LeJerry Snead has, I mean, he has shut down literally everybody that's come uh, that every number 1 wide receiver has been shut including Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill did nothing against the Chiefs when they played him in Germany. He has shut down AJ Brown, he has shut down DeVonte Adams. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I mean, he has shut down every single uh, wide res- or every single um wide receiver that he has played went up against this year. So, I have no interest in paying up for $8700. Tyreek Hill uh, here in this spot. Uh, also, what really worries me about Tua is just he's really bad against pressure, kind of like Brock Purdy. And I expect this Chiefs defense to be uh, coming after him all, all game. And so that also is uh, an issue uh, for me as well in terms of just wanting to get any exposure to that that passing game for Miami. I think CeeDee Lamb is obviously the easy play. CeeDee Lamb has been an absolute monster this entire year. I mean, the dude has seemed. <laughs> Thirty targets his last two games, so that's that's fun. And you have to go back to Week Twelve, the last time he didn't see at least ten targets. Uh, so he is just the guy who sees all their, uh, you know, just incredible amount of work. I mean, it, it's really hard to get away from him. I don't know what they'll do with Jair Alexander if they will try to uh, shadow him with him, but I don't know if it matters at this point, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but. As far as that's concerned, I I completely agree. I think when you look at uh, at least just kind of looking at some baseline numbers, uh, Cooper Cup actually uh, profiles a little bit better in this spot than Puka Nakua does. Just something to keep in your back of your mind. It's not an end-all, be-all, but uh, the the they do play uh, the 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 Lions play cover three at forty-three percent of a at a forty-three percent rate, and it looks like you see Cooper Cup actually leads this this team. With a 0.62 fantasy points per route run compared to Puka Nakua, who is below him at 0.48, which it's not a huge difference, but I will say. Other uh, target shares are are pretty similar there where you uh, as well. So I think that is something you look at here with Cooper Cup. I think most people are going to want to go to St- uh, Puka Nakua uh, rather than going to Cooper Cup because while he's had some ceiling games this year, uh, they've been few and far between. Where Puka Nakua has just been a little bit more safer. But uh, I do think it's at seventy five hundred dollars. He does profile a little bit better against Cover Three that the Lions run forty three percent of the time. Next closest is they run a cover four at 22% um, there, and they're pretty split, pretty even on that one. So there's not really a big difference on that. But I think you look there for sure. Uh, we already talked about Rishi Rice. I mean, he's the clear leader in this uh, with this Chiefs wide receiver room. He has really started to separate himself in terms of uh, his usage, and he's really become the Chiefs' number one option. I mean, even over t- Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey tends to draw so much coverage that Rishi Rice at $6,600, he should be far more expensive than that, in my opinion. Um, in terms of Jaden Reed, I think Jaden Reed is also a really good play this week. And he's not, it's not even that. They've also, you know, been uh, uh, utilizing some as a runner. I don't know if they'll do that. They've kind of went away from that a little bit because he's been dealing with some injuries with his chest injury, but uh, he's been getting in full praxis. So I, I think he should be fine. But Jaden Reed at $5,700 is criminal. I mean, he's been an absolute baller recently. Uh, Last week, he scored 18.2. I mean, really, the last four games, 18.2, 26.9, 17.2, and 20.5. And And that 26.9 score, he did that in a half. Uh, He he got knocked out the second half. They were up pretty big, so they didn't really have to really play him. But uh, he did set out the second half of that game. But he should be way more expensive than this, in my mind. I mean, I feel like he should be, you know, in the the upper 6K range or at least uh, in the mid-6K range. But $5,700 makes him entirely too cheap. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, Kristen Watson did get into limited practice. We'll have to see if he'll be able to make it back. But I really don't care. Uh, I, I just think Jaden Reed is the number one wide receiver on this team. And at $5,700, he's it's, it's just too cheap. Uh, if you're wanting to get a little bit different, you know, like, you know, Brandon Cooks definitely is in play. Uh, he is, seems to be a touchdown or bust type of player. But, you know, he has seen 16 targets those last two games. He's scored 15 or more P, uh, DK points over that span as well and scored a touchdown in three straight games. So Brandon Cooks, $4,900, uh, I think, is is a spot you could look at. Uh, Jalen Waddell should be back for this game. He's $6,500. It's a little bit too cheap. It could be a really good spot here for Devonta Smith. Obviously, we've wanted to attack this Buccaneers' pet secondary all season. And with A.J. Brown dealing with his injury, if A.J. Brown were, wouldn't go, I mean, it'd be really, really hard to get away from Devonta Smith at $6,700 here against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers here in this spot. I mean, the Buccaneers secondary has been dreadful for most of the year. So if we get news that A.J. Brown isn't going to play because he was a non-participant today, uh, obviously they, he does have the extra day to get healthy. Uh, it's very possible that just holding him out and he, he could still play on Monday, but uh, I would be hesitant with wanting to fire him up dealing with that injury. I and mean, It looked pretty serious. So I guess it wasn't as bad as what it looked because he looked like he was going to be out for quite some time. But Devonta Smith at $6,700, we know he can absolutely cook. Um, and if if you're missing him, I think that he obviously becomes a very logical choice at $6,700. Um, other than that, I'm not really all that excited to play Nico Collins. The Cleveland defense has been phenomenal this year. They play a ton of man coverage. So I, I, I'm just not at all that excited. I know Nico Collins has been an absolute monster, uh, especially the last game he played where he put up 37 and a half points here. But I'm not that excited about it. He did play weeks a week sixteen against Cleveland, but it was it was very sparingly. He didn't really run his normal amount of routes. It wasn't with CJ Stroud, but he did see six targets, four catches, eighteen yards, uh, and a touchdown in that game, which came in pretty much garbage time there at the very end of that game. But I don't I'm not really looking to play somebody like that. Uh what is your thoughts though on Stefan Diggs, especially with it looks like the possibility of Gabe Davis not being available? Uh Gabe Davis has a practice, he left that Sunday night game uh against the Dolphins with a I think it's a PCL injury so you'd be looking at no Gabe Davis here would that entice you to play Stephon Diggs at all I know Stephon Diggs has been pretty fucking bad for the most part uh really to find a ceiling game for him you kind of have to go all the way back to like I mean really I guess what you want to consider a ceiling but you know back to he did score 22 uh, when was that week nine against Cincinnati and then, you know, he had that really started the year really hot. But, I mean, he's a player we know could score 30-plus DK points, no problem. But he's $7,400. If Gabe Davis – would you have any interest in him?
3: No, if Gabe Davis were to be out, I'd rather just play one of Shakir or Kincaid because those two guys got the boost when when Davis got hurt and missed the rest of the, the game against the Dolphins last week. Um, and and Shakir is obviously a cheap cheap option. I just think the Rams guys and Amon Ra and, and CeeDee Lamb are, are better plays than Diggs.
4: Yeah, I I mean I think that makes sense, especially where is Shakir at? I didn't even look to see where he was at. I think he's way down here. Uh,
3: thirty four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's thirty four hundred.
4: Yeah, I mean he becomes pretty, pretty, uh, pretty easy to play there.
3: Yeah, you can play if, if Gabe Davis were to be out, you could play Shakir and Demarcus Robinson and pay up for everybody.
4: Yeah, they're the by far probably the probably easiest players to get to there. Um, yep. If that's the case, so yeah. So I mean, other than that, I don't really have anything else to really what really talk about, I kind of agree with most stuff he said, and I think there's a couple other plays here. Obviously, I guess we didn't talk about Amari Cooper. I guess, how do you not talk about him considering the last time these two teams faced each other? He went absolutely nuclear with 54 and a half DK
3: points. Would you have any interest in playing
4: him at 6,800?
3: Uh, yeah, you have to have interest. Um, he definitely fits the more balanced build more than anything. I think if you were going to play, you know, not play CD Lamb, then you start to get into the Amari Cooper style build because, again, I, I just think. I just think Detroit Rams you you're going to need some of those pieces. Lamb is tougher because he's he's so high priced. But if you weren't if you were to not play Lamb, I think that's when you open up the the Amari build. I mean, we've seen Amari ceiling um with Flacco especially, so I mean, it's definitely there.
4: What does CeeDee Lamb have to score
3: for him to be uh,
4: or For him to pay off, I guess not necessarily kill you. Obviously, we know he can do that. But Uh, I mean, if he scores twenty five, you know, is is that a got to have it, you know, price? I guess on a six game slate, I guess I mean it really could be.
3: No, I would say so. I would say anything over thirty. Yeah, which I don't think there's gonna be a. I don't think there's gonna be many thirty point scorers, and so raw points obviously matters, and salary kind of goes out the window once you get up to that high of point totals. Yeah, I, I think he needs – which, he, I mean, he's scored 40, I think, three times at home this year. So it is 100% in the realm of outcomes um, that he just breaks the slate. We're not talking about a guy that's, you know, scored, you know, 35 DK points once in, like, two seasons. Like, this year, you know, he has scored 30 regularly and has scored 43 times at home, and they're at home. So, um I, yeah, I, I think you need 30-plus from him, but I, I do think it's likely that he gets there. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and move over to tight
4: ends. Um, I mean, David Njoku feels like a pretty easy play. It yeah, it, it's $600. I mean, Joe, Joe Flacco absolutely locks on yeah. to tight ends. He's done that as, uh, for most of his career. Um, With Joe Flacco, he has just been an absolute menace, Uh, dropping 27, 29.4, 16.4. And 21.4, uh, seeing eight, 14, nine, and eight targets. I mean, $5,600 feels a little bit too cheap. It feels like he should be the highest price tight end on the slate. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is that, but Travis Kelsey's $6,100. I mean, it could be useful that he that he missed that they let him sit last week, or he actually chose to sit last week. They left it up to him. He decided to sit, didn't chase the record of a thousand receiving yards. But look, I don't think Sam Laporte is going to be able to play. I think they're going to best hope is they can win this game and maybe they can get him back. It's usually a bone bruise hyperextension, I think, if I remember because everything that was talked about with Travis Kelsey, he did it earlier in the year. I think it's definitely possible he probably misses this game and then he's back. He very well could be back the next week um, if they're able to get past the, the Rams here. Um, so with that being said, I mean – I Obviously, I, you know, we still have guys like Dallas Goddard, especially if A.J. Brown is out. I mean, he could be a big focal point. At $4,800, the, the Buccaneers have been great against tight ends. I wish Sam Laporta was playing because he would be an easy smash spot because the Rams have been dreadful against tight ends all year. But that just doesn't look like it's going to be the case. And then, you know, with Dalton Kincaid, I think it's tough with him because he's, he's a little bit hit or miss. Now, he has seen – uh what almost 50, 15 targets the last two games so he has he has started to wake back up because once dawson knox came back they started to like split touches and split targets and it's starting a little frustrating now he, recently he has been utilized a little bit more i think if you're going to pay down at tight end i think you have to look at probably patty fry as, as the guy you would maybe look at at 3600 uh, if you wanted to pay down there but uh is you just lock buttoning david and joku in. is that what you're going to do
3: yeah it's it's in joku and it's ferguson for me those are the two guys. And Kincaid if, if um, uh, Davis were to be out.
4: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's it's really hard to get away from that. I
3: will say the
4: Bucks have allowed the third most uh, DK points to uh, tight ends this year. Um, they are allowing 61.6 uh, receiving yards per game and nearly a half touchdown per game to tight ends, followed by the Rams and the Texans and Dolphins are all in terms of the playoff teams. Uh, in terms of uh, all of these guys or all these teams ranked uh, or, or we're inside the top five of DK points allowed to tight ends. So I do think Travis Kelsey could be an interesting spot here, especially for a team that's missing so many pieces on their defense. I mean, this could be a vintage Travis Kelsey smash spot where nobody's going to play him because he's been pretty dreadful. I mean, it, you have to go back to week seven, the last time he had a true, true ceiling game where he scored 38.9 In that game, 12 catches, 179 yards and a touchdown. He just hasn't been scoring touchdowns this year. I mean, he hasn't scored one since week 11 against Philadelphia. But, I mean, he is somebody that could uh, break the slate. And I will be interested to see what his ownership comes in at. Because I think there's a fair argument between him and David Njoku. Uh, Obviously, Njoku, uh, I think, profiles a little bit better here. But Travis Kelsey, coming off a week of rest, I think could end up being somebody that we look back upon like kicking ourselves that we didn't play him. Cause I do think that he could smash in the spot. And he's also, I mean, he's significantly cheaper than what he's pretty much been all year. This is actually uh $6,100. I mean, he's been seven K and above every single game uh, this, this season. He has some games where he's even been in the eight K range. So this is an extreme discount for Travis Kelsey.
3: Yeah. He's just not the same player that we're used to this year. I think in, and- I'm just going to play Njoku or or Ferguson or Kincaid. Those are going to be the three that I lock on. I would I would like to play Goddard if A.J. Brown were to be out. I just I I just don't trust the Jalen Hurts situation. I think they're going to run the ball 50 times is what I think.
4: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So I think that's where I'm going to come in at. Like I said, I'm definitely going to have some Njoku, some Goddard, and some Travis Kelsey, and then mix in a little bit, depending on how many uh, teams I run. Maybe mix in a little bit there. Um, other than that, I'm not going to get cute and play like a Otten or, or anything like that. I mean, maybe you could, you could have made an argument for Tucker Craft had uh, Luke Musgrave, uh, you know, looks like he is going could possibly be back. We'll have to see. Um, you know, he did get in a little bit of action there week 18. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but that, that kind of puts me off of him. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's probably where I'm going to commit at. So let's move over to defense. Is there anything that stands out to you on the defensive side of the ball? I do think you could possibly play the Steelers. I know... Mainly because you know Josh Allen just has this affinity to turn the ball over. I mean, some of the mistakes he was making in that Sunday night game, I don't even know what he was doing. It was the one throw they threw in the end zone that he wasn't even looking at Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis had clearly broken off his route, and he just threw the ball straight to uh, the the Dolphins. So I mean, he's somebody that could definitely turn the ball over a couple of times. And, you know, maybe they find their way into the end zone for a score. It's, you know, he's on and they're twenty six hundred dollars.
3: I like the Chiefs. I'm surprised you didn't mention them. Twenty nine hundred at home in a freezing cold game against the Dolphins. Sign me up for that. Yeah, and especially a Dolphins offensive line that is
4: terrible. So, uh, yes. yeah, Uh yeah. I mean, twenty nine hundred. I don't really understand why they're only twenty nine hundred dollars. I guess it's because it's the Dolphins. So, no, I have no problem playing the uh, the Chiefs. They're what the one, two, three, four, fifth cheapest uh, defense this week. Twenty nine hundred dollars. So, yeah. Um, just didn't want to you know sound like a homer. So I figured I'd let you. Know.
3: <laughs> You just talked to Travis Kelsey, though.
4: (laughs) Well, you know, I had to get in, you know, get in a little bit of take there. Josh, Texans versus Flacco, turnover. Yeah, I mean, Flacco has seven turnovers, like I said, over his last four games, or seven interceptions, excuse me, over his last four games. I mean, they are certainly, you know, a team, and I mean, the Texans defense has been decent this year. You know what I mean? Like so, like there's definitely been spots that I that I've definitely wanted to fire them up, and they've been in pretty good play. So they've been getting a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, will anderson has been a baller this year uh they've gotten back i think derek stingley they got him back recently so uh i definitely i mean the texans are, are a team that you could look at especially with joe Flacco. because i mean eventually this this magic has to end for joe flacco right i mean you think. it's been insane this heater this dude has been on uh since coming back like there's not a person in the world that was expecting him to do anything of, of what he's done uh and it's, it's been pretty cool i mean it's been pretty uh, incredible to watch so
3: yeah, you you would think it's going to end, but I I mean it's it's what five games in a row now, that it's like okay when is this going to end? When is this going to end? And it just it just keeps going.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, you're, you're not lying. I've I keep thinking yeah I'm not playing. i remember I mean
3: the first like two or three weeks of it it well, was the f- like I, the first week. Debro was was saying I'm playing Joe Flacco at min price, and I'm like Debro, uh, you need to check into a, a mental institution, and you know. Go, go figure right Debro owned us all he did he did for once in his life but 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 yeah I
4: mean he has I mean he's he's been incredible uh he has turned the ball over quite a bit though I mean that has definitely been a problem for him so I definitely think the Texans uh is is a spot uh you could look to attack there as well and I don't think anybody's gonna play the Texans so um I feel like yeah. who do you think is going to be the most uh the, the chalkiest defense Cause I probably maybe the Bills? Maybe the Brown, I don't know about the Browns against Houston.
3: Honestly, I'd probably say, uh, I'd probably say the Chiefs. To be honest, really, yeah. I mean, they're the they're the cheapest home team.
4: I just figured when you look at the Steelers, they have the I believe they have the lowest, yes, by far, the lowest implied point total. They have a thirteen uh, implied point total here. So you know, Mason Rudolph, uh, Bills defense has been playing much better. So
3: yeah, I, no, I B- Bills out. will be popular for sure. I just don't know if they'll be the most considering they're 3,500 and the chiefs are 2,900 in that freezing cold game. I just think, I think with the weather, I think everybody, I think everybody's going to flock to the chiefs, which is fine. Like I think they're, I think they're the best defensive play, but. All right. Well, that being said,
4: I think it's time to let's build. Let's let's build a lineup here. So uh, why don't you kick it off? Uh, Stafford. All right. That, that wasn't hard. Um <laughs> I'm going to go Cooper Cup here.
3: Uh, let's double it with DeMarcus.
4: I'm going to lock in Pacheco at running uh, back.
3: Let's run it back with Amon obviously. All
4: right. And then I will, with a little uh, correlation here, with Pacheco, I'm going to play the Chiefs defense at $2,900. Okay. So that leaves 5K per position with running back, tight end, and a flex.
3: Let's go Pollard. We need Cowboys exposure. All right. I was going to say Goddard, but... Yeah, so you know what?
4: I'm gonna plug in Goddard. I think I like the matchup here. Banged up AJ Brown. That leaves forty two hundred dollars for a flex.
3: Um, that would be Elijah Moore. Well, it's not gonna be a running back, so let me just filter receiver. Forty two hundred. Yeah, it's it would be Elijah Moore. I mean, I'm fine with that. He scored seventeen against the Jets. In week seventeen. Yeah, but. I
4: think that was with Amari Cooper out, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was Amari Cooper didn't play.
3: That was the Amari Cooper game that he missed. I mean, he's the only reasonable option in that 4K range, unless you go double tight end. Could I interest you in
4: not playing Tony Pollard and playing Aaron Jones from that same game, but then playing... So if we did that, we played Aaron Jones and then played Brandon Cooks. And the flex at forty nine hundred dollars, and then that would leave at tight end thirty nine hundred dollars, which we could play Patty Fry if we wanted to do that.
3: Go for it! I yeah, I prefer that path as opposed to the other. Because, like you said, like
4: you mentioned with Tony Pollard, I just don't love Tony Pollard. Like I'm, I'm done chasing that dude.
3: Yeah, um, I just think you need Cowboys exposure. So if you're not playing Dak and you're not playing Lamb, I just think either Pollard or Cooks or Ferguson is the play. For
4: sure. Like, I definitely want action on that game. I like that game environment, but yeah, I just, I don't love playing Tony Pollard, and... I don't either. I think he was chalk last week, and I mean, he scored 16.6, which for him, I mean, is a high point. Yeah. Uh, so, it's just been frustrating with him this year. Um, and I don't know if, I think some of the injury has something to do with it that he dealt with. Probably zapped some of his explosiveness and stuff like that, but he just has them, and some of it's also how they've utilized them as well has been frustrating too. But I would much rather play Aaron Jones and then play Brandon Cook. So the team looks yeah. like Matthew Stafford, Pacheco, Aaron Jones, Cooper Cup, Demarcus Robinson, amon St. Brown, Patty Fry, Brandon Cooks, and Chiefs defense leaving three hundred dollars on the table. So I, I really, I really actually like this team.
3: Yeah, it's not a bad team at all.
4: No, get action on that Rams Detroit game, which.
3: I hope is fireworks. I think it could be with these yeah, teams. I, I think that's the game to have. I just think, I, I just don't see how Stafford doesn't just nuke them. Yeah. And just hope that, you know, the Eagles offense doesn't all of a sudden decide to wake up and
4: yeah. play at football and hammer us there. So yeah, let's lock that team in. I like that team. I think this is going to be, like I said, I, I think that we've got, I think with all the games we have this weekend, there's not like a whole lot of like really gross spots. I know there's some, you know, the the cold weather stuff, but other than that, I think for the most part, we got pretty lucky with the way the schedule turned out.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. Should, so. be a, should be some close games. I
4: think there's a lot of fun games to watch. Like I am looking forward to watching the uh, you know the Matt Stafford Bowl going back to Detroit. Detroit getting a playoff game for the for home playoff game for the first time in 30 years, which seems absolutely wild with as much parody there is in the NFL these days. That they haven't had a home playoff game in 30 years. That's fucking wild. Nineteen ninety
3: three. <laughs> Jeez. Were
4: you were you alive then?
3: Yes, I was. How old were you? Two.
4: Yeah. I was six. <laughs> so yeah. I mean it's it's been forever for them. So I've been. My,
3: and Stafford is just gonna end their in their lives, in their dreams.
4: Wouldn't that be that would that would be that be it's that gonna happen. Be, yeah. I mean, to be fair, they could be the two seed if they would have actually, you know, beaten the the Cowboys like they should have. But you know, that's it's neither here nor there. So,
3: um, but other than that, are you? Uh, how do you feel about your Cowboys? You think they're going to go on a run? I think they'll beat Green Bay. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think they'll beat them. Uh, then I think Tampa Bay beats Philly, and so then that would leave, and I think the Rams beat Detroit. So then, that leaves the Rams traveling to San Fran, and Tampa Bay going to Dallas. I think Dallas beats Tampa, and I wouldn't be shocked if if the Rams beat San Fran.
4: You're just you're just hoping for the best possible
3: scenario for either either way. The Rams, well, it would be sick if the Rams beat San Fran, because then the Rams would travel to Dallas, and I I think Dallas would win that game, but. Obviously there's concerns for Dallas if they have to travel to San Francisco again, but they I mean they've done it once this year and they got smoked and I mean what's the worst thing that happens is it happens again right like what are they like I don't know it's that's that's the monkey on their back is San Francisco because San Francisco has like knocked them out of the playoffs almost <laughs> almost every year so because last year it was the the DAC run with 14 seconds left the run and slide. No, that was two years ago. Last year was the Zeke, uh, the Zeke uh, playing center, and got just absolutely smothered.
4: I will say, I am, I, I, am looking forward to watching CJ Stroud play. Um, you know, uh, he's been he's been incredible this year, and I would love to see the the Ravens take on the Texans next week. You know, if everything shakes out that way, so I think that I, that game it looks like yeah. a lot of fun. There's really not a game that I'm not really excited to really watch. I mean, even the Bills, like. I think it's possible the Steelers could knock off the Bills. And I know it seems crazy, but the Bills have just like sc- uh, squeezed by by the skin of their teeth in so many of these games this year. And Josh Allen continues to just really make really really bad decisions. And you know we've he seen does,
3: this, but man, they keep. Like, moving it's probably the ball. not
4: possible. Like I, I, I'm not saying I, I'm calling it that. I think the Steelers are going to win. I, I think it's pretty likely the Bills win that game, but I don't know. Like the Steelers, I think.
3: I think Buffalo is the most dangerous team in the NFL right now they're five and one against teams in the playoffs over the course of the year, they have like a top three offensive team in whatever metric you, however you slice it. Um, and if you watch the bills, like Josh Allen's turnovers come in like the red zone or, you know, chucking deep to the end zone, like they're moving the ball consistently over like they're not like they're rare. They don't just settle for punts. And I mean, they they're just gonna live and die by the by Josh Allen being aggressive. Which I mean, he's got a strong enough arm to do it, and has obviously shown he can do it. But um, just gonna be a. I think that's why the games have been close is because of the turnovers. Because they're... I mean, it's like the the game against Miami. They just they were they were by far the better team in that game, and that game should not have been that close. Because they kept they kept moving the ball over and over and over again. And then he just it, it was just like turnover, turnover, turnover.
4: I mean, they have the largest spread on the weekend, I mean, they're ten point favorites, ten point home favorites. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think we're yeah. probably going to see Chiefs and Bills, Pat Mahomes' first road playoff game next week. That will be a lot of fun. That game's always, you know, instant classic. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But that would oh, be sweet. Yeah.
3: Um Chiefs are gonna to go to the Super Bowl. Just gonna throw it out there. So <laughs> it but wouldn't man. shock me, but it's not on my not on my bingo card. Yeah.
4: Um I you know, I think if the funny part is a lot of people have made a lot about the Chiefs, like their their past like don't get me wrong, uh their their wide receivers have not been very good this year, but like they won the Super Bowl last year with the same exact group. Like like it's they added Rishi Rice Rice for Juju uh, Smith schuster other than that it's the exact same fucking group like yeah, i mean it's paid. a it's
3: a lesser version of kelsey but rice is better than the receivers they had last year um yeah and it's still patrick mahomes like i mean they, they they absolutely can make a run it's all about getting hot at the right time i mean how many times have we seen six seeds go to the nfc championship or afc championship you know like just the wild card team just gets hot at the right time
4: and what wor- what worries me about, like, even for the 49ers and Ravens, is this long layoff. Like, we see it so much for these teams come out, and they're super flat. Like, they kind of lose all that momentum. Um, so, <laughs> Chiefs got the Swifty jinx. Yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, be. maybe she's taking down the entire uh, dynasty here uh, that the Chiefs had going. So, uh, maybe, maybe that is the case. Uh, Taylor Swift has uh, taken it all down. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I also think uh, the Chiefs have gotten to the point where they just kind of on cruise control just to get to the playoffs. Uh, they've kind of gotten to that point where it, none of the games they really seem all that excited about. Like like there's like there's no like um, dire need for them, uh, and, and, and then they just kind of seem to turn it on once the playoffs start. So I would never rule out Pat. Do I think they're going to? No, I think it's more possible. They probably lose after this week and i think they should be able to get by the dolphins and i think they probably lose the bills um it's probably the bills have to win one right they eventually they have to get yeah <laughs> get on. yeah the chiefs have put a dagger in their hearts uh, enough times and um so but i think that's probably how it plays out what do you just uh what are your super bowl predictions are you think it's going to super bowl
3: i'll say man the Raven, ravens are pretty good and the the ravens have smoked some good teams too like have put it to them like that that romping of detroit was in just an absolute beatdown from start to finish or the 49ers and the 49ers like yeah, it's i'll i'll say baltimore i'll say baltimore dallas fuck it yolo if it's not dallas i'll say the rams Ooh, then the Rams, Rams. would be my number two. Yeah, I'm gonna go Browns Detroit.
4: No, <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna myself. So I'm gonna take. i not be a homer. And I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Bills 49ers, I think. Uh, I, like yeah, I, just, I like the Bills
3: call. Yeah, I just.
4: I don't like. I I really do. I, I I'm really nervous about them coming off that. And also, I mean, Lamar Jackson has to get some of these demons off. So like, he has not played well in the playoffs. Um, now, this this team's different than it was in years past because they're a team that used to be if you fell behind, they fell behind they really weren't going to be able to come back because they couldn't throw the ball. Uh, I think some of that's changed a little bit. But I, a little bit, you know, with how well this passing offense has been, it, it's been a lot better than what it's been in years past. So I think that could help them. And their defense is still really, really good. Um, and so it wouldn't shock me at all if three of us make the Super Bowl. Like, they, they, they have the talent. They have the team to be able to do it. But it also sort of does feel like the, the the Bills maybe are that team of, like, you know, they finally get it done. They finally, you know, get over the hump a little bit. Now, you know, once they make it there, the, the, who knows what can happen from there. But I do think the 49ers team is just they're, – they're so good. Their offense is so incredible. Um, really, as long as if, – if they can keep them upright and not have a ton of pressure on Brock Purdy, I think that it's going to be tough for anybody to get past them.
3: Yeah, I just – I think if the Rams beat Detroit and, and then – the Rams go travel like they play them twice a year. You're it's now division game number three this year. You know, I, I think if there was a team that could beat them, I, I think the Rams make I, I just they they play some they play against each other so much. It'll be game number three. It's I, I don't know. I just feel like if a team's going to get it done and be the Rams. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it should be fun to watch. I, I think there's a
4: lot of there's, there's a lot of storylines here through this, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, if the Chiefs don't, um, I mean, they've won enough, and they, they've you know they'll be back there again next year. So if they, if it doesn't happen, but
3: you know, I would like to I would like to see an off the wall kind of matchup that we haven't seen yet. Like I don't really want a rematch of of Ravens Niners. Um, you know, like when we had Bengals Rams, like that was such a lit Super Bowl. Because, you know, they, those two teams never play each other. And, you know, you get matchups that. Um, so, like, Lions or Packers against the. Yeah, like, give me, like, Lions or Packers or Rams. Or even, like, give me, like, Cowboys. Like, I know the Cowboys played the Bills already this year. But, like, um, you know, Cowboys Chiefs would be a fun one. You know, they, they'd never play each other. Um, yeah, anybody with the Lions, like. Just, just give me away from like San Francisco versus Baltimore, or you know, The chalk. Yeah, yeah. Like I would totally be fine if Cleveland made the Super Bowl. You know, like that would be that would be such a storyline. If if
4: if the Browns made the Super Bowl, I will be rooting for the Browns. I don't care like at all. Well, like, that that
3: would have mean like... Flacco would have pulled the Stafford and gone into Baltimore and beat the Ravens.
4: Yeah. And I would love it. Like the Browns, like it's, it's tough. It's gotta be tough being a Browns fan or a Lions fan for that matter. I mean, to have to deal with that, just how bad those franchises have been for so long. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that's one spot that I would love to, yeah, I think both, either one of them either, whether it was the Lions or the, or the Browns, um, I would definitely be, be rooting for them. I'd, I have I'd, a buddy.
3: I'd, I've got a buddy that's got a, uh, he's just got a small ticket, uh, betting ticket. Um, pick the exact matchup, and it's like a plus fifty five thousand uh, Browns versus Rams Super Bowl. Oh, now now you get a little it gets a little more real once they're once since they're both in it. Yeah, he put. I think he placed it a couple weeks ago, but he was he was he said uh, Stafford was gonna in Detroit and and Flacco was gonna roll through Baltimore. We'll see. <laughs> anyways. These, i know. mean th-
4: these are the best two weekends uh anyways uh the wild yeah. card division right at least for nfl dfs purposes it is because i mean championship game's fine i mean there's but there's it's only a two gamer so it's not as you know it's not as fun um and then showdown super bowl is just madness because they're monster contests of like five hundred thousand people in a showdown slate where 300 team three four hundred people you know dupe and chop it up and just you know, whatever. So anyways, let's just enjoy it that we have football for the next month, month and a half. So we'll <laughs> yeah. until, it's, until it's over for, you know, seven or eight months. Yep. So anyways, all right, let's go ahead and get out of here. We've uh, rambled long enough. Uh, appreciate everybody. We will be back again next week for the division round. Maybe I'm going to think I'm going to slide into D bros, DMS and see if I can get them to come on for next week's show. There you the go. division round. I have to get them on for one more time for the season. ends. so uh, anyways, anyways, Uh, Hope everybody has a good weekend. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys some football, a nice long weekend of football. And if whatever your team is uh, in it, uh, hopefully they win unless it's the dolphins and then go fuck themselves. Uh, Other than that, I don't really care. So uh, yeah, everybody have a good weekend. Stay safe. And we'll be back again next week for the divisional round breakdown. Bye.
2: You can tell me what to do. Who you're talking to
3: Well, you better get used to the way the war bounce I see what you got
2: Adventures and ounces But that's a break, boy
0: Yeah That's a great little man Break it down Think you're right, you
2: know Think you're right, you Think you're a big man
0: I treat you like you're a little man